Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. How's everyone doing today? It's Thursday, the day before Friday. That's something that says something there, right? We're one day closer to that weekend. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Charlotte, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state of California. And what that means is that if you have any paranormal help, if you need any paranormal help, we can get to you. I have people living in almost every county, even though there's a lot of counties. And if we're, you know, if we're not in a county near you, if we're three or four counties away, we can still get to you. So if you have any help that you need, shoot me a note on Facebook. Uh, you can find California Haunts on Facebook. You can find us over at Twitter under Cal Haunts. You can find us over at TikTok under California Haunts, all lowercase. And you can find me on Facebook as well. Okay, so we're really easy to find. And I'm also Ghosty Gal on Instagram. Anyhow, if you're watching, speaking of which, if you're watching from, let me turn this down a little bit. If you're watching from Facebook and you like what you see tonight, please feel free to like and follow because we are looking for followers, always looking for followers. If you're watching from YouTube and you like what you see tonight, please feel free to uh, subscribe. And there's a little ghost. I think I'm going to try to do this. I do this every show and I always mess it up So because the camera's Basically, okay, I'm going to do this. Okay, see what I mean? Anyway, the bottom right-hand corner, there's a little ghost with a Sherlock Holmes hat on and a magnifying glass. And that little ghost will subscribe you to our videos. And we have about, or more than rather, 450 videos sitting over there on YouTube that are different types. It's not all paranormal stuff. There's all kinds of other topics as well. Because I'm a journalist, um, that's what we do, is I like to kind of mix it up. So we're not only co- you know covering ghosty stuff we cover things like tuesday for instance my guest is going to be talking about homopathic stuff that you can take for your health things like that so anyway check us out over on youtube and i think there's a little something over there for everybody tonight we bring our old friend at mary muter back last time she was on we had a grand old conversation and i'm looking forward to tonight's conversation because she had moved if i if i believe if, if i remember correctly I'm getting old it's all foggy after a while um, if I remember correctly, Marin had moved into a haunted castle, and she was having events going around her there. So it's going to be interesting to get updates with her and see what's happening. So we're here. So it's going to be kind of like we're just going to go with the flow on this interview and um, have a little fun. All right? So here we go. Good evening. Good evening. How are you today? Good. Good. Oh, you're in a much lighter room this time. Yes, welcome to the Haunted Library. (laughs) How is life in a haunted castle? It's busy. It's very busy. There's plenty of stories to share tonight, Um, a constant flow of activity here. And it's not something that I'm trying to get rid of because I really actually enjoy it. (laughs) So the more the merrier, I say. (laughs) As long as the activity is good, who cares? You know what I mean? That's right. And, you know, if I get somebody that uh, has decided that they're going to be a little 
temper tantrum. I can take care of that myself. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, I remember those days back before the TV shows and everything when people would, would sit there, you know, you go out and talk to people about the ghosts they have in their house. And they'd be like, well, no, I don't mind it. It's not bad. It's okay. It's cool to have it here. Instead of now the way things are, because all the TV shows make it out to be evil. So right away, it's, I want it out. I don't care what it is, you know. So it's nice to hear somebody that, you know, enjoys their ghosts. Just like me, I have ghosts in here, and it's like, as long as they don't get out of line, I'm good. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, nobody wants a cranky ghost anyway. But for the most part, you know, they're harmless. They they're just hanging out. You're hanging out, and and that's it. You know, they they like to play practical jokes a lot because that's how they get our attention. It's not that you know they're necessarily only jokesters, but they have to get our attention when they want our attention. And to us, it feels like they're playing tricks on us all the time. Right, you know, right. whether it's flickering the lights or spilling drinks or whatever it is to them, it's like, oh, hey, that worked. And to us, it's like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> well, what is it like? I mean, I know what it's like here for me because I'm the only one in this house. So, you know, I kind of like probably like you. I know my ghosts. You know, I know who's who. I know where I know where they hang out and particular stuff. But they do do stuff to, like you say to surprise you every once in a while. Absolutely. You know, I recently, um, because I've only been here for a year, so this is my first year cycle. Mm -hmm. And I have actually noticed things that I didn't notice in the fall of last year. So like spiritual imprinting. And recently in the last like two or three weeks in the garden. So when you first walk out of the front door, there's this huge stone wall over to your left. And in the stone wall, there's cutouts so you can see through the stone wall. <laughs> so it's like windows with no glass cool. in into this big um, field area. And then there's like a, a ruins of an old amphitheater. <laughs> and so a lot of, you know, stuff happened down there, I'm sure. But I have just recently started seeing literally an apparition just patterning. So it's definitely a spiritual imprinting because I'm watching this not quite human, but humanoid out of the purview of my attention, but really just very, if I had to guess, if I had to put a, an image to it, it would be someone cloaked in a long black cape and walking back and forth and, and, so I'm like, hmm. So definitely, if I had to put a time frame on it, it's not the 19th century. <laughs> See, you take it so well. I mean, if I saw a cloaked individual walking through my house, I'd, I'd be, you know, even as a ghost hunter for as long as I've done it, I'd still be really leery and be like, what the hell was that? <laughs> Call the first psychic I know and go, look, I need to know what this is. Do I need to get rid of it or what? You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. And it's, and it's, like I said, this is a new one. So at first it did catch me off guard. I was like, hey, who's that? Who's walking in my yard? And then um, I started, I then the pattern started showing up and I thought, aha, this is what I've got now. And it really does show up as a pattern, just like a true imprint. You know, it's at a certain time of the day um, and actually not every single day of the week, but I'm noticing it. it's on specific days of the week. And I'm like, okay, yep, that's what we've got there. So I'm, I'm waiting to see if he has any friends. <laughs> Do you think it's because you, you've allowed, well, there's a portal there, obviously, somewhere on the property. And yeah. because you've been so welcoming to them, now you're just going to be accumulating these things that come through. <laughs> Possibly. 
possibly, <laughs> possibly. There's a an old stone quarry on my property that, and and the property itself obviously has a lot of history, not just you know English history, but Native American history because it really. I mean, I'm up here in northern Vermont, and well, I guess northern, but it's not northern Vermont. I'm in the north, in central Vermont. But there's a lot of history out here on the land, and and sometimes you know, people associate hauntings attached to a house rather than attached to the land. But the haunting can attach itself to the land and attach itself to the stonework and everything else. And, you know, maybe not so much in trees if we've clear cut the trees or whatever, because, you know, you've, you've clear cut them and you removed the trees that were there all that time ago, but the stone and the rock, you're not clearing that. And you, and so all that stone was used to build this, build this house and, and all that history, if they imprinted or if there was a homestead there previously or whatever it was, is now the foundation of, of my house or the walls of my house. <laughs> well, it's like the whole thing with the plumbing too, because it can only go down so far. And so you're getting, unless there's something horribly wrong with your pipes, you're getting the old plumbing. Correct. And that's where a lot of bathrooms are, act, are, are active. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so if you live in a whole old house and you live in California, call Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> if your pipes are, are backing up or they're playing music. Go use your bathroom, that's all. That's right. I have the reputation for doing investigations in hotels, old hotels, mm. and I'll avoid the bathroom to the last possible minute. Wow. What are some and of the things that you found time, in the bathrooms or people complain about? Bathroom, every time I go in the bathroom, there's a face in my face. There's always somebody bending over going, hey, hey, you know, and I'm just, <laughs> so I don't do bathrooms in old hotels. <laughs> so what do you I do? do? Well, I mean, when you, when you have that happen, how do you? Um, how do you work? Like when you go into the bathroom and there's a face in your face, how are the things that you do to clear it out? Get out, finish my business, get the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do when they're right there? Um, what I guess the story I have is the, is the Empress Theater in Vallejo. Um, we go in there and I'm afraid of the dark. I always have been. Always saw things when I was a kid. So I have to have lights on. So I'm in this. I'm in this old. I'm in the theater, eight, eight, late 1900s and all this. Knew about all the ghost stories, of course, because we were there for like the fourth time. Love that theater. And the team decides to go get dinner. The problem is, the front door is not locked, so somebody has to stay behind. So I got stuck staying behind. So I'm walking around the lobby thinking about all the ghosts. <laughs> it's dark, like in the other room. And so I'm, I'm made myself paranoid. So I go in the bathroom. Here I go again. You know the bathroom. Nobody told me that they had just redone everything and made it all like um, green in the bathroom to where the lights would come on automatically and all this would happen. So I sit down, lights pop on. You could hear the scream all the way down the corner. <laughs> People were coming in off the street wondering if I was okay. I mean, it was just like, but that's how I am. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm just a scared, and I'm not a scared ghost hunter. I'm just, I don't like the dark and, and, it, and it just, it bothers me. To the since I was a kid, but yeah. bathrooms are not good for me. You know, I just even my own house. I mean, I've had hand, fingers go up my back in my own bathroom, and I know when I get something like that, though, I know it's something I brought from somewhere else. 
Because the ones that are in here would not do that to me. No, because they know not to scare you. Yeah. Yeah. I would yeah. agree with them. You know, that I think that's something that some people don't quite understand is you can actually establish relationships with the spiritual entities in your house. And, and it doesn't mean that, you know, you're talking in English with them. It's just this knowing and understanding each other and how to work around each other. Mm -hmm. um, so when you do have familiar ghosts, they're not going to try to scare the dickens out of you unless that is really truly their personality. And, but for the most part, they still won't because they don't want you to excuse them because right. they want to coexist. Right. Just like I am. I mean, I have people tell me I'm doing my show. My mother's here. My father's here. My brother's here. You know, I got a whole gang around me because they're fascinated by the show itself. You know, it doesn't bother me. I can, I can feel them. You know, I can feel them right now. But it's just, that's just how it is. And so I'm used to it. I'm used to their energy. Mm hmm Yes. <laughs> Your bathroom story reminds, reminds me of that Mickey Mouse, Ghost Hunters. <laughs> yes. Sorry, that's just where my mind went, imagining this, your bathroom story. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. But I mean, you know, I just, like I said, I just don't do bathrooms. Yeah. I mean, but you can't avoid it after a while. You have to go at some point. But you sit there and you hope, oh, God, I hope nothing comes to talk to me. <laughs> you know, but I've heard people, clients tell me, you know, that they're taking showers. Mm -hmm. And there's someone watching them while they're taking their shower. The I, I, I call those the pervy ghosts. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, just watching people. Oh, that would be a weird feeling. It would be a weird feeling. I've never had that happen now. That's never no. happened. No, it's creepy. It's creepy. It's creepy. So, um, you had that remodeling done, you were having issues in the beginning of that. With I was in the house. How, how did that go? I mean, how, how active did they get? Yeah. So in the beginning of the remodel, you know, when we very first started, really nothing had happened yet. Um, we were here and my mom and I were staying in the house and I had had a broken leg. So we we're getting ready to go visit the doctor to check up on that. And the contractor was here and by himself and there's nobody else up here. But we had um, two uh, disembodied voices in the lower portion of the house. And he thought it was my mom and I in the lower portion of the house. And so he was calling down to us, trying to figure out, you know, why haven't they left? And he went down to go look for the, for, for us and didn't find anything. And then it happened again. And it just, you know, all the hairs on the back of his neck stood up and he was just like, no, 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 I'm not dealing with this. So, um, that was the, that was the main thing. And, and some of the other workers, you know, their tools would be changed or they'd be misplaced and, and things like that. But one of the big things that happened was in the middle of the remodel. And I think this just happened last time when you and I spoke, mm -hmm. but I went down into the kitchen because I heard something in the kitchen and it was a big break. And I was like, what the heck? What? could have broken. And I had, and I make chocolate. So I had all these packages of chocolate getting ready to ship out and none of them were on the edge of the counter, nothing like that. And I go down there and there's chocolate all over the floor. There's a broken tea um, set and I'm like, what the heck? And then all of, and it's all dark. So I don't have any lights on in the house because I didn't need it to get to the kitchen. 
but down this one, it's it's like a dining hall <laughs> in this house. So it's this hallway, and there's this huge long table, and the contractor was using this table and he put his chop saw on it and things like this. And all of a sudden, as I'm bending down to pick some of this chocolate up out of the kitchen, down this dark hallway, the chop saw turns on. <laughs> Whoa. And I'm like, ah, I actually caught it <laughs> on, um, on film on my phone because I was walking through going, okay, there's something happening here. And when I walked down there, I to the kitchen, I wanted to film what was going on. And so my act, my phone actually caught the chop saw turning on. Um, and then after that, I am in bed and I ended up bear spraying myself, but um, <laughs> so I'm in bed and I don't, it might've been two o'clock in the morning and all of a sudden I'm hearing feet in the stairs. Now, normally when you have a spiritual imprinting, the, the tread of the feet is a little bit lighter or it's just more mechanical sounding rather than, you know, having the weight of the person and the alternating. Like if you walk on a step, sometimes it creaks one way, sometimes it doesn't the other way. But a spiritual imprinting hits the same creak all the time. But this particular one hit all the wrong creaks. And my dog goes crazy and I'm like, oh, my God somebody's actually in the house. This is, this is real. Somebody's actually in the house. And so my dog gets off my bed and he's, she's, you know, going out the door and her hair is all standing up. And then like 30 seconds later, she turns around with a tailspin and runs back into my room, scared to death. I'm sitting up. I'm like, oh my God, I got my bear spray. And I bear spray right as she enters. So now I have bear spray all over my room. I do not recommend this to anyone because you literally cannot breathe with bear spray. If you think mace is bad, bear spray is horrible. I mean, we're like foaming at the mouth where we can't breathe. I couldn't go into my bedroom for a month as I was cleaning it. <laughs> trying to clean that but then it happened again um all the doors opened up in the downstairs so there's four or five floors to the castle area and i don't sleep on the top top floor i sleep on the second one and so all the doors down into all the way to the basement opened and i was like oh my gosh, again, somebody's here. This time I called the police. It takes them forever to get here, so it doesn't even matter. But <laughs> um, it, again, the doors are opening and shutting, and there's there's activity. It sounds like there's people walking. I have a hidden stairwell, you know, for with the dumbwaiter. And all of this is going on on this particular night, and I'm thinking what the heck? And so I had to calm everybody down. I had to say, okay, we can't do this in the middle of the night, please, anymore. I've got to get sleep. And I understand that, you know, you're exploring or whatever it is, but <laughs> we're not opening the, the doors to the outside anymore because I don't want bears to really come in. I don't need bobcats. I don't need whatever else coming in. But um, that was that was an interesting night. So those are the kind of things that are happening. This particular month, is uh, 
August, October. <laughs> I'm, I'm like trying not to cry, but I actually lost my son in the end of October, not last year, but a couple years ago. And he, before he passed away, we all made a, a deal with each other that if any of us pass away, we're going to definitely haunt each other. And he has been so true to his word, <laughs> which is absolutely wonderful. And so to mark off October, he loves electronics and he loves fire alarms. And so he started playing music between the fire, different fire alarms on different levels. And we had people in the house who were like, what is going on? And I said, it's only going to last three minutes. We'll be fine <laughs> because three is his number. Um, and so every little bit of music that came during that three minute stint was in consecutive threes. And so that was kind of him signaling to me, hi, mom. So isn't that's the most recent one. Isn't that cool when that happens, though? It's a great feeling to know that they're still there. Absolutely. Absolutely. That the consciousness, consciousness continues. I mean, it, it yeah. it's just the death of the human body. And, you know, we continue on. We have our memories. We have our ability to think to reason, to, you know, use our consciousness and we can use our consciousness to communicate with the people that are still living on earth. <laughs> I know my friend Monica died a year ago in February and um, she would always come visit in the summer and she would always buy me a certain pizza, frozen pizza. And so about a week after she passed, I came across, I don't know how I got a free pizza, but somehow I got a free pizza from, from somewhere. And it happened to be the same kind of type of pizza. <laughs> and so I knew it. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. You know? Yeah. It's just, it just amazes me. Like, even here, I know my mother's here. My father's here. My dogs. Oh, my God. My, my deceased animals are all here. <laughs> you know? So it's really a cool feeling because I'm never, I'm never alone. Yeah. I know they're watching. You know? Yeah. When you call the police out. Did they tell, I mean, obviously stuff's been going on there or it just happened because obviously you have ability. So maybe you drew it out when you moved in there. But I mean, I just wonder if there's a record of them being called out to the house for stuff like that. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is, is that nobody has actually lived here full time ever. <laughs> so um, before I took it over, um, parts of it were being used as a, uh, bed and breakfast or not a bed and breakfast, just like a, a stay because there's a ski mountain nearby. Okay. And for then, I mean, the owners didn't even live in the state. So, um, but the, the town that I live in is haunted. And so they have ghost tours all the time. And there, there, there are not a lack of information and stories to tell for the town that I live in. It is, very haunted and has a long, long history of that. So it probably wasn't surprising and unusual. It was probably just, I don't know if they've been called up to the house before, but mm -hmm. um, definitely have been called other places, I'm sure. <laughs> so when you went to uh, purchase this house or you went to look at it initially, did the house call up to you? Um, good question. <laughs> um, I actually bought the house sight unseen. Okay. So I guess there was some sort of connection there of begrudgingly being connected. It was just kind of like, 
it was interesting because I, I saw, I was in Colorado and I saw the, an ad for this house and I was like, oh, and I would kind of click on it and I was kind of curious. And for some reason it was just like, you kind of have this knowing deep seated knowing you're going to be there. But I, I mentally, I was like, nope, <laughs> but I had like the, you know, your, your intuition is like, yep. <laughs> and so it went on for a couple of months and I was like, fine, <laughs> here I am. Absolutely. Now having the abilities that you have, have you been able to track down where the uh, opening is in the house? Um, really, I think it's down by the quarry and it's definitely kind of over where the amphitheater, the, the ruins of the amphitheater. Um, it's not necessarily in the house, okay. but you know, spirits aren't, they're not locked into locations. So they're going to be drawn and attracted to living energy mm -hmm. because we have active um, polarization of the houses happening. We have, you know, positive, negative, or electromagnetic organisms, and we have electrical impulses that we're sending out. And like any good magnet, we're going to draw energy to us. And so with this active energy, rather than just being right out there, they're going to come in here and join me. <laughs> have you uh, further communication with them at all, or are you just letting it go as it is? Like, okay, I know you're there. I'm cool. Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, for me, when there's a haunting, it's not necessarily the person themselves that was here because it is part of something much bigger now. And so I don't, when I communicate with ghosts or other entities, it's not necessarily in English. It's more, um, through energy, through forms of energy. And then you just kind of get this symbiotic understanding and knowing. And then if I need to, if I need, my brain needs to translate that information or that knowing into something that's recognizable for me here and translate it into words, then I can do that. But it, but I'm normally such a quiet person anyway, I barely speak English myself. And <laughs> um, so most of my life is, is quiet anyway. So you have all these floors in your house, all, you know, all these rooms. Have you checked? Have you really checked out every one? I mean, if ever, uh, this is how I am. I mean, that, that would freak me out to have all, to, to know that there's all those empty rooms up there. I mean, I'd be peering around corners and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and it and it and it doesn't help that when I did the remodel, I actually got um, an old barn that's probably like 200, 250 years old, and put that barn wood <laughs> all over inside the house as well. So whatever was attached to that is here. Um, yep. I've, I've gone to every single room and I've just kind of seen what's around. I don't have any specific rooms that have a specific haunting. It's, it's kind of like free flow haunting around here. Everybody's just wherever they're going to go. So you might go into an area of the house and, one day you totally feel the energy, you know, it's a little bit thicker when, when you have a haunting in there. And then the next day you go down there, it's not there, but it's over there. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so, so they definitely just kind of wander around. I think it was interesting um, during the remodel, there was one night where it was, uh, my mom had returned. She went away for a little bit and then she'd came, had come back and we're, 
in bed and then all of a sudden we hear the voices so probably the disembodied voices that the contractor heard and you can't really make out the words but their voices were clear and it was almost like they were walking through the house going oh i wonder why she did that oh look at that you know they're like like examining the changes that were being made and giving their opinions on it so that was kind of funny but i remember going uh, asked my mom, I was like, are you talking to me? And she says, no, I thought you were talking to me. And <laughs> it was them. So you, you said you got animals. Um, are you able to, to track them, to track the ghosts a little bit more because, because the animals are there? You know, do the dog, does the dog fall, tend to follow them around or does the dog kind of leave them alone? Absolutely. I don't think, I don't know if it attracts them more, but you know, animals see different things because they they see at a different um, frequency than we do, and it's similar to young children. Even though young children see at our frequency, their brain hasn't filtered out what they're supposed to see and what they're not supposed to see. Where a dog actually sees different frequencies, and so when the ghosts come in, like the other night, it, it was a big hullabaloo because the dog loves to play with the ghosts and, you know, will bend down and start barking and run around the room like a chicken with his head cut off. And then, you know, sometimes the ghost will actually throw um, some of the toys towards the dog or pull it away from the dog. Never a tug of war, but I do have things that are being thrown, like if they're lightweight toys. I know. Um, I know. There's a ghost that sits behind my couch, in a, in one of the recliners because the dog. Uh, I know I have a three-year-old Kelpie, and she will jump up on the couch on my couch and she'll look over the back. Mm-hmm. Really fascinated by something back there wag her tail. So I know it must be my mother or somebody sitting back there. And I also remember when I was seeing when my mother was really active after she first passed away. She had a certain spot on her couch that she would sit. And so her dog, her dog was like, like, like overweight. So it was like 50 pounds, but she taught it to jump up on her all the time, you know, when she was alive. So I was watching that, that poor dog would jump up on her. <laughs> and then I would see the dog fall on the ground like, like she was shoved down. Oh, just like my mother would normally do. So I was watching stuff like that go on, you know? So yeah, yeah I, agree, I agree with you. They, they, they do see, <laughs> there's, there's no question about that. Absolutely. But it would be interesting to watch them through, watch something through twice for them. That'd be cool. Yeah, I, I think I think it's pretty cool. But I I also love it when when they're just sitting there and and they are just watching. I mean, it's just like they're watching television. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? And then you know you end up watching them rather than yeah. doing your work because it's really entertaining and really interesting to see an animal react to something that you can't see and yes. how they're actually interacting with them. Not, not just watching, but they're literally interacting with them. Absolutely. When you talk about watching television, that reminds me, you know, you're sitting on your couch and you got all your dead relatives around here, whoever it is. I remember, um, I think it was American, I don't know, I think American Idol, well, one of those programs like that. And because my family's Mexican, and there was this, this this younger Mexican gentleman that was performing. And I guess my one of my relatives liked him because every time the guy would sing, the lights would blink. Yeah. In the house. You know, and I feel like, okay, you like that one, huh? Blink, blink, blink. So, I mean, it's stuff like that that, that goes on that, that keeps you going. At least, you know, but like I said, it's more comforting to know 
who they are and that they're not going to butt, that they're not going to do anything to you or bother you. That makes it nice. I think so too. And I love, I love the signals through the lights because you really can communicate with them that way because they do answer and they will sometimes not immediately after them. Sometimes it takes a minute or two, but <laughs> they will answer. Oh yeah, absolutely. I know my dad's how my dad, uh, that's his favorite way to communicate with me. Mm -hmm. is the light that's up above where he used to sit in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, I was doing, um, I was talking to a woman the other day and she, she had lost her son. And we were having this conversation and, and then we started talking about certain things and things that he was wanting her to know. And when we started recognizing that the lights like above me started blinking so she could actually see the blinking as well, which was really cool. I, that was really special. So That's yeah, cool. I love the lights. That is really cool. So um, you got you got your remodeling done. Mm -hmm. Did the activity slow down or did it increase afterwards? It hasn't slowed down. <laughs> I don't know if it's increased. I why well, maybe I guess a little bit now that I have this guy walking in up and down the the yard and the garden. So that was a new one. That's just recently. So I guess maybe I am getting more. I don't know. <laughs> Unless he's like pretending to be Ichabod Crane. <laughs> I can never know about that, especially with the holiday coming up. You notice that, I mean, because they, they always say around the holidays like this, that more family members, deceased family members will come around because it's, they just come for the normal holidays. Have you noticed um, any increases? I mean, as far as like your own family, because you can sense who's who. And as far as your own deceased family members coming around, because that would add to the whole melee. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I haven't noticed that necessarily, but I do know that, you know, once we hit winter time, once, once the earth starts quieting down, we usually see and recognize more hauntings on average. And that's because we are actually paying attention more when springtime hits, when summertime hits, we're so preoccupied with being outside or doing what we're going to do and that kind of stuff that we aren't actually settled in. And a lot of people, you know, you, you talk to them and their hauntings happen at night or they're getting their visitation dreams at night because you're settled down and your brain has settled down. And then it's easier for you to actually just recognize these communications that are there all the time. It's just that we're not paying attention to them. So when winter time hits, especially, you know, October, November, December, January, the earth is, is settling down. We're settling down. The days are starting to get longer and our brain is starting to relax a little bit. And so we're picking up on the visitations more and recognizing them more. So we can actually end up training our family also to come back at these times because that's when we are more apt to recognize their presence. And so they might not, they might go, well, yeah, I'm not going to come back in the springtime right now. I'll let her do what she's going to do. But then the holidays hit and and people are looking for messages. They're more receptive to messages. And so sometimes that's when we're getting more. The other thing that I thought, too, was during COVID, you know, that the lockdowns, a lot, I had heard a lot of reports of people that, that, that had activity in their homes. I think, it, like, like with you, everything slowed down. It came to screen. 
people were home more. That's so right. You know, the activity is always there, but you're not looking, you're not looking at it because like you say, you're so busy. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, when everything shut down for COVID, it, it was a bittersweet time because of everything that was going on, but being able to feel that shut down and actually feel all of that normal energy, that normal hum of energy that was around us all the time stop and you could go outside and it was quiet and you could go outside and the, there wasn't the sound of the airplanes going over and there wasn't the sound of the cars. And I think that more people connected and felt the connection to the other side of the veil and felt the connection to the earth around them and their environment around them more than any other time. And it was such a unique period that I don't think in our lifetime we're going to see that again. And it's just an experience to, to grab onto there for a little bit. Well, it is. And when you think about it, you know, with all the traffic and everything that stopped and all the waters that cleared up, you know, oh, all the natural yeah. stuff that, that went natural again. I mean, somebody had to have taken notice of that and thought, wow, I mean, this is how it could be as opposed to how it is. Mm -hmm. you know? And I remember even going outside. I agree with you. It was a weird it was straight. At first, it was a strange vibe because you get out there and there's like nothing going on. Yeah, and it's just silence. You don't you don't hear you don't hear the the, chain, the chainsaws or the people working on houses. I mean, it was just pure silence. It's like living out in the country. Yeah, you it know? was amazing. It, it yeah. was amazing. Cr crickets and all. That's right, crickets and all, crickets and, and all. ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> living in the country. Yeah. 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 I. I. Did you? Did you have more calls during that time? I mean, yes. did people ask yeah. me? It went up, you know, and and it was. I, I know it's because people were just stuck at home, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. all they could do. Wait a minute. Like, yeah, you're stuck at home. You're finally realizing, hey, that moved. <laughs> Shouldn't have moved, you know. <laughs> so, how many acres are you on? Um, two hundred and forty. Wow, you are cut off. I am cut off. Yes. So eventually one day this will become a bed and breakfast again and, and people can come out and, and have the haunted experience, which hopefully will be sooner than later. I, there are still certain things that I, I need to work on. I'm still working on heating and, and things like that. But the major construction is done. I just need to do some fine tuning now <laughs> so people don't come out and freeze to. <laughs> I was going to say, what's, what's the snow like? The snow is nice. I mean, it's, Big snow. <laughs> it's big snow. Uh, not quite like going up to Mount Rainier snow, but, um, you know, we'll get 18 inches in two days and you're snowed in. And the snow is also, I mean, think about the silence of COVID. You go outside in the snowstorm and it is so quiet. It is so quiet because it's like insulation quiet where you don't even know if you're actually alive because it's so quiet. And so that was, that was an experience. I remember having those experiences as a kid, but you don't really remember what it was like. And then last winter when I went out, I was like, oh my gosh, it really is. Like when you talk about silence in the snow, it's amazing. Well, that's why, you know, you hear stories of people going to sleep at night and they wake up and they're snowed in and people go, well, why didn't you hear stuff, you know, what, yeah. what was happening? Snow doesn't do that. It just kind of accumulates like cotton. It just goes. 
It just goes. Yeah. There's no way you don't even know it's snowing. You're just like, wow, this is a really great sleep. Yeah. I think the, the good thing that I've noticed is if it snows a lot and if you get snowed in, if you have food in your kitchen, you're fine. <laughs> um, because it will melt and it, and it goes away within a, a day or so. And it, gives you time to shovel it out and, and whatever, but I think you know, it wasn't that, you know, that bad yet. One of those Hallmark movies, you know, yeah. people that buy the old inn, you know, and it, and it was the auntie's inn or whatever it was, they're looking to buy it and they're stuck out in the middle of nowhere and they're trying to, you know, nothing's working in there. It powers out and snows. And... Yeah. That's kind of what it was like last year because we really didn't have much heat. So I would use this little burner that's in here, this wood burning stove. But the second you would leave this room, it's like 17 degrees in the house. You, your breath is freezing. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. And you get down finally to the kitchen. You're like, you're so cold. You're shaking. You're like, oh, trying to light the gas stove to cook some food. Oh my gosh. It was so freaking cold. That was an experience too. I don't think I've ever been so cold. Like when people talk about it's bone chilling cold, yeah. it was bone chilling cold. Like the center, the marrow was freezing. <laughs> where, were, where, where, where did you live before this? Was it the West Coast? It was West Coast. I'm a West Coast girl. I grew up in Oregon. I lived in Big Sur, California. So this is all brand new for me. <laughs> I mean, you were by the ocean. It was cold, but not like this. <laughs> yeah. It was not like this. No, 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 no. I lived. I also lived in Washington State, um, where it did get cold, where it did snow. Mm -hmm. But even then, it wasn't this cold. It wasn't. I think the West Coast is drier. We don't have the humidity that's over here. Right. And right. even though it supposedly gets dry over here in the winter time, there's still like this humidity factor that just makes you freeze. I mean, it is so freaking cold. Yeah. Well, yeah. My, my next move will probably be back to the West Coast. And if you're from the East Coast and you're watching this, I really do love it. The The autumn is beautiful. I'm just happen to be a West Coast girl. <laughs> and I'm obviously, because of all the room and stuff, there's, there's not carpeting like all over the place, right? So it's a lot of wood flooring. So you're you're dealing with the cold even more because I know when I took the carpeting, even even here, Sacramento, I took the carpeting out of my living room and my house, I froze my butt off. Yeah. Because oh. you don't realize what carpeting does for you. Yeah. I did put carpeting in all the bedrooms um, <laughs> because I was like, no, I don't want to be cruel to people. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So the thing outside the amphitheater, uh, I mean, is it still intact or is it just in ruins that, that you were able to tell it was an amphitheater? No, part of it is still intact. So, okay. yeah, I've, I've gone out there and I've tried to sing. I'm not a very good singer, but nobody's here to listen to it. <laughs> unless my ghost friends are sitting in the audience. <laughs> so I'll go out there. Oh, <laughs> the ghost friends probably don't care. <laughs> you know? No, they're like, you know. They're like, all right, we've got a jamboree going. <laughs> well, yeah, and if they're coming from different, like, you know, dimensions and stuff, it probably sounds good to them because it's all, you know, yeah. it's all muffled anyway, kind of like the EVPs we get. You know, they're kind of, they're kind of muffled anyway, so who cares, you know? Yep, that's right. <laughs> Did you do any research on the history of the house at all? Were you able to get any info? 
Um, there really isn't much info on it. Um, it. It's gone through a couple cycles of different iterations of what is here. Mm -hmm. So the, the, there's parts of the house that are, you know, 1998 built, but it's the stone that's attracting all of this. It's the sure. stone from the earth here. I mean, really the whole top of this mountain is granite. And then oh, over time, you know, we've built up 18 inches of sod, you know, of, of earth and grass over the top right. of it naturally, but it, it really is just stone. Um, so when I look at the history of the property, then I, then I start looking at, you know, what and who was up here. So right. um, what animals were up here, what types of animals were up here, what indigenous um, tribes were here, you know, and, and then bringing over Europeans and, and what does the European history look like over here? And, the interesting thing is, is the more we start delving into European history and the migration of explorers over here, it happened a lot sooner than we think. It wasn't just Christopher Columbus. I mean, we're, we're looking at hundreds of years before that, that we had people visiting this area and who know, doing who knows what. Um, so looking into that history, I think I'm finding more answers that way than I am in county records. Makes sense. Makes sense. I have a friend who lives in Placerville, has a bed and breakfast. Mm. And she's got like a berm behind her house. And she's got a little creek that runs, you know, around near the berm. But every time it rains, the, the ground comes down from the berm. Mm -hmm. Well, she's finding Native American and, and, and Civil War stuff in there. That's amazing. And like you say, she's, she's, you know, she's got these cabinets where she has all this stuff stored. So like you say, it's true. You can find more being on the land than, than you can in some of the, you know, history stuff to look it up. You know, yeah. so she knows pretty much who and what was on the property and all this. That is amazing. That's, that's really cool that she's able to find those things yeah. and, and has them in her house. And I just love history. I really do. I love finding historic artifacts and, um, and then you just, you're like touching it's, it's because those artifacts still have this imprinting, this energy imprinting. And when you hold it, you're like transported back yeah. to that time. Well, I know it's 200 acres, but have you been, you know, on your walks, have you, have you come across arrowheads or anything like that? Nope. Red salamanders. I've found a couple of red salamanders. Um, I really haven't, <laughs> I haven't explored too much into the woods. There was one little hike I took and I actually found uh, remnants of a lean-to of somebody living on the property before. I don't know how long ago it was because it's definitely older. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I haven't because when I first got here, I broke my leg like almost immediately. So I really am still kind of healing and saying, okay, can I go hike in the woods now? And, <laughs> and things like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm exploring more and more of the land as time goes on. Is, is there, is there, are there any like old roads to, go, to cruise mm -hmm. around on out there? Or is it just old stuff you have to hike? Most of it's you have to hike. There's old logging roads. Um, you know, an interesting thing about Vermont is it was basically clear cut like a hundred years ago, the whole entire state, because they were going to use it for um, agriculture. And then the 
westward trek, you know, going west, the Oregon Trail, basically, started moving people out of this area and saying, oh, there's better land over there. It's flatter. We can, you know, grow more over there in mm -hmm. some areas. And so they just let the state of Vermont reseed itself, basically. And so now we have like all these, we have a lot of pine uh, and not a pine. We have a lot of maple, so we can make, make maple syrup. But um, so the woods aren't, they like coming from Oregon and coming out here, it feels like very young scrub woods. Like it, it's the trees are still kind of smaller and there's a lot of undergrowth. So you need to bushwhack going through some of these areas. Um, and then there's a couple logging trails, logging roads that are still in there that I can, I can kind of follow those a little mm -hmm. bit to see where those went, but bushwhacking mainly. Here's a question now. Do you still do um, psychic work from, from home? I do sometimes. Um, I, I really do study consciousness and I study how consciousness continues and mm -hmm. how consciousness actually feeds our body now and how we can communicate then and have all these after-death communications. I also study uh, past lives or alternate life experiences mm -hmm. and how we can remember those memories. Um, and primarily using quantum theoretics to show how it works on the scientific side. So we can take the esoteric and we can take the scientific and put them together mm -hmm. and say, okay, this is how it's working, at least from our vantage point. So I do do that. And sometimes periodically I open up um, timeframes for people to come in if they want to talk to me individually. I do do that as well. So you, you, on my website, sometimes you get lucky and find a spot. <laughs> but if you really do need to get a hold of me, you, it's, you can always email me and I'll do my best to fit you in. <laughs> well, my question with all this in connection, when you're doing your work, do the, the resident ghosts try to come through? Because obviously you're more open. Mm. Yeah, I don't usually, like if I'm doing my work, I'm not looking to connect with, or I don't need to connect with another entity in order to get the reading. I just um, go consciousness to consciousness and I get a full reading that way. Um, and then I teach the person that I'm working with how they can do it themselves too, without having to go through a third party. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm wearing. Hey. I mean, <laughs> see what I mean? Hello. You know, because they're always, I mean, even even though we don't see them, they are always there. So I would think, they'd be thinking, she's opening it up now. Now, now I can get into her head. We can have a chat. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think I'm always open to a chat with them. And um, so it, it's not just as the reading. They know to be quiet while I'm giving a reading. That's cool. Unless, unless there's, and it's not them, unless like the other day I was, I was talking to this mother and it was her son that, that wanted to let her know that he was hearing her and, and that agreeing. So he was a participant in the conversation. That's cool. Um, do you, now out of all the ones you've seen in your house or heard in your house, do you have a particular favorite? Cause I'm sure you do. I like, I like the, 
I'll call them the women ones, the ones with the disembodied voices. Um, because they seem to be more active <laughs> and I like that. So I, um, it does, it's a kind of a comforting feeling to know that they're there and that on the windy, super stormy nights, I know I'm not completely alone. <laughs> and plus, you know, like you say, it's like they're walking around checking out the house. So it's nice to know they approve of the house. And yeah. what you're doing in the house or else you'd be having problems. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I guess so. You know, the interesting thing is, is in the kitchen that one night, it's actually a, a space that I was going to be removing shelving and um, some cabinetry. And it was just like they were, now that you say this, they were probably just helping me saying, yep, get rid of this. And they're trying to push everything off the shelves, saying, I'll help you demolition this spot. <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot of stories, you know, like with haunted hotels, even up here in the gold country where they have put wallpaper up, you know, to redecorate the rooms and they come back and all the wallpaper's torn off. Yeah. Because that the, the inhabitants that, you know, the dead inhabitants do not like the wallpaper. So you've lucked out. I mean, because mm -hmm. you haven't had any issues like that, have you, where you've, you, you've done something or painted something and then something's wrong with it. Yeah. Well, it did happen in my house in Big Sur. So, and it was my son and I, there was this bathroom light that I put up and I was like, Oh, what do you think of this one? And this light, there's no way the glass was going to break. This light was not coming down. It was never going to heat up enough because it's an led strip, not even a light bulb. And I leave the room and I'm upstairs doing some work. I think I was writing um, one of the books and all of a sudden I just hear smash and I go down there and this light, fixture exploded. I was like, well, I guess you don't like that. But so I, I switched the light fixture, but it was just an LED strip. There was nothing that, to break this glass and it's tempered glass. So it shouldn't have shattered, but I'm telling you this glass shattered all over. <laughs> Sometimes you never know. All right. You said that you work with chocolate. Tell me about your work with chocolate. Yeah. So I, I make chocolate. Um, I make it from the bean. So I, I, Sometimes I make confections, but basically it's chocolate. And I have found that if you were to want to do divination type deals, um, or you, you really want to connect spiritually, or you just want to connect into your intuition, the chocolate is one of the most amazing conduits to do this. Because aside from all the wonderful benefits the chocolate has, it's also what's called a vasodilator. And when you get really great, high quality chocolate, you can actually just put it in your mouth. And I, I usually make it as a paste, so I don't normally eat it. I make it as a paste. And you put it in your mouth and it actually starts opening up your body, opening up your brain. And so all of a sudden, you are more receptive to different frequencies around you and you're more receptive to your own frequencies around you as well. Um, so there, there's a ton of benefits that come with chocolate. It stimulates your brain, it stimulates your body, and it helps create um, conduction for so what it is you want to do. 
my regular listeners, because I have a tendency to, to eat a chocolate bar or something before I do the show, they all make fun of me. See, I have something going on. You, know? you young lady were supposed to give me a mailing address because I do have a chocolate packet for you. Oh, I will. Did you did you ignore those emails? I know I sent to you twice. Send me your mailing address. <laughs> Don't tell me that. <laughs> I get so many emails. I'm sorry. I know it's okay. <laughs> so it's for real, give me your address because I do have some for you. <laughs> oh, that sounds cool. Thank you. Um, you know what? When I'm dead and gone, you yeah. want to get my attention? Yeah. Just make a chocolate cream pie or or a German chocolate cake. That'll bring me across from the other side really easy. You are a woman after my own heart. Where have you been <laughs> all my life? It's so easy to talk to you. You love chocolate. <laughs> I'm a chocolate person. I always have been. My mother was too. She's a poor thing with a diabetic though. I remember growing up and, you know, on, now they have that. Well, let's test the uh, Nutella now, you know, that it's all. Well, my mother, you know, before, they, before there was Nutella, there was Duncan Hines frosting, remember? Oh, my gosh. And my mother, to entertain, I don't know if it was to entertain me or what, but she would make sandwiches with Duncan Hines frosting, oh two God. pieces of bread, just like people do with Nutella now, you know? Wow. You slap the frosting in there, and that was that would eat that. And they always had a, couch, a frozen chocolate cream pie, so I would go out there after school and sit oh. out back and just, you know. Oh, my gosh. Amazing, I'm not that bad. That's like a dream life. <laughs> it's all about I do. But I will say chocolate on bread is great. And so I make this chocolate paste and that I'll give you and put it on your bread. And it is the best thing. It is so freaking good. There's something about bread and chocolate, even sweet. cheese and chocolate, even You're steak and chocolate. Literally, literally <sighs> so what got you into doing things with chocolate? Even though it wasn't, was it the, mystic, what was the, you know, the, like you say, the, the mystical part of it or, or, or you just enjoy working with it? Yeah, well, it was actually when I was very, very young. So when I was probably three years old, I had my very first taste of chocolate. And when I had that experience with chocolate, it actually opened up the realms I was already living in <laughs> even more. And that first taste of chocolate stayed with me for the rest of my life. And it was something that I really wanted to explore to say, okay, why is this, why is this working this way? And why is the gift of chocolate different than going to buy a Hershey's bar? Right. You know, why, why are some different than others? Mm -hmm. And so I started delving into the physiological benefits of chocolate and, and still missing, you know, the secret, the real secret behind chocolate. Why was chocolate considered the food of the gods? Why was chocolate traded with a value far greater than gold, because that wasn't the chocolate confection. That wasn't anything like that. It was just the cocoa beans ground up into a paste. What made that so special? And so I spent years and years and years working on that and uncovering a lot of these mysteries. And when I make my chocolate now, I really do put a lot of that energy into the chocolate because that's what I want people to experience. So I don't make chocolate year round. It's only in the fall and the winter because I need to be able to mail it. <laughs> and um, it's not, it's not really ever going to be a commercial commodity. 
when I, I've had people say, Hey, you need to commercialize this. You need to bring, and I'm like, no, it's, it's got to stay this way. It's got to stay small and handmade and distributed that way. Because the second I think I commercialize it, or I try to mass produce it, I think it's going to end up losing some of these properties that I have worked so hard to garner into it. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking when you were talking about how different chocolate has a different taste to it. I was in Europe for a while. And yeah, I mean, I remember getting those Swiss chocolate bars, you know, oh, the, oh my God, the European ones. Oh, heaven. Toblerone is another one. Toblerone would find holes in your teeth you didn't know you had. Yeah. It just melts and just goes everywhere, you know, but I yeah. mean, you can tell the taste. I mean, I hate to say it, love Hershey's and all that, but it's like plastic. Yeah, like totally. Plastic. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And European chocolate really, it, 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 the interesting thing is in the United States, you only have to have a certain percentage of cacao, so the dark chocolate mass, mm -hmm. in the product to call it chocolate. In Europe, you have to have the cocoa butter and the cocoa mass in order to call it chocolate and so that is a huge difference because in the united states you don't you can put a different oil rather mm -hmm. than using the cocoa butter into the bar and call it chocolate and that's you don't want to mess with that you want the real deal you want the cocoa butter and the cocoa mass <laughs> that's that's what i love the most about you i always love the little ladies when we get like i was only like seven or eight right even back then i knew and you go to these old these houses with these little old ladies and they're squeezing my cheeks, you know. But I always knew what was coming. I thought there's a chocolate bar. There's a chocolate bar for this. I hate the chocolate. I'm gonna get a chocolate bar. And I would. And we always be something for Switzerland. I'd be like, yes. You know? Okay, I can I can handle this today. Yeah, Just give me my damn chocolate bar. Yes. I would have done, done great at Wonka. I, would, I, I always think of the Chocolate River. Holy Wonka, right? Mm. Heaven, absolute heaven. Oh yeah. I'll just sit there all day with a cup of with a cup and just you know pour it in. I just wanted to stay in that room. Oh my god, yes, isn't that great? With the edible like lollipops growing on the ground. You know? Oh, and the buttercups, and when Willy Wonka takes a bite of that, I don't know why he and how he made that bite look so freaking good, but oh, I, my mouth waters thinking about it. Everybody needs a chocolate room. I always do a display out in front of my front yard for Christmas. I always want to do that yeah. to recreate the, you know, the gummy bears hanging out of the tree and all of this, you know. That's a fabulous idea. If you ever need a helper, I'll come help you. <laughs> good to me. I've always got written plans for it, but I never get around to doing it because I never have enough time. But I'm just dying to do something like that, like the red licorice hanging from the tree. You know, oh my that would be amazing. You'll have to go to Costco and just get the red vine tub and go hang it up and say, okay, kids, there's your trick or treat. <laughs> it's all about red vines. Marin, it's always fun to talk to you. It's always a joy. Yeah. I love, I love talking to you. Thank you so much for including me on these things. It's absolutely, absolutely wonderful. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll get you back on again at some point too. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I yeah. was going to say if yes. any, if you or anybody else, I'm, trying to get enough people together to play this game called ghost court <laughs> on October 30th. And it's basically a game where the living is suing the dead or the dead is suing the living. And it's just really fun. So if anybody has a good sense of humor and they want to participate in it, I could really use a couple plaintiffs and defendants. <laughs> okay. I can 
Yeah, good. <laughs> you know, listeners, Aaron, Aaron's a nice lady. It'll be fun. It will be. It will be. And who yeah. knows? You could win some chocolate. How's that? We'll bribe oh, yeah. you. There we I'm go. going to send you my address, too. Yes, please do, because I do have a package ready for you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I do. But thank you, as always, for coming on to visit. Yes. Well, thank you very much for having me. And I will start gathering some more stories for you. And hopefully we'll get together and again in a few months. <laughs> all right, Mary. Well, you have a good one. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Button. There's a button. All right. That's always fun to talk with Mary. I think this is her third time on with us. I mean, we, we always have a blast when we talk. Before the show ends, I'll go ahead and run her contact information to show you the book she's written, too. In fact, there's a, there's a couple... There's a book on chocolate and all of those things. I wonder why that is. But anyway, I want to thank you guys for coming tonight. Tomorrow night, of course, is Friday, Casual Friday. We're going to have our Aloha shirts on. Nancy Matts will be here. We're going to be talking about ghosts and manifestation and all kinds of stuff. You know how that goes. We go off the rails on that. It could take an hour, two hours. Who the hell knows? But uh, we'll be together tomorrow on at 6.30 p.m., the usual time. And I appreciate everybody that came in. That's not our usual viewers. That are Meriden's viewers. I really appreciate you guys. And if you like the show, please, please, please follow, you know, over on Facebook. You can follow us uh, again over YouTube. There's that little ghost down the bottom right-hand corner with the magnifying glass on. The Sherlock Holmes hat. The magnifying glass on. Oh, my God. With the magnifying glass in his hand and the Sherlock Holmes hat on. And that's how you would subscribe to our videos. And uh, like I said, there's 450 videos there with different topics. Anyway, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you despise the show, share it with five of your enemies. We are equal opportunity here. Uh, we're just looking for followers. That's what we want is to build up our following. Even check me out. Check yeah, check out my Instagram site. Not check me out. Check out my Instagram site. And uh, that's Ghosty Gal on Instagram. That's where I hang out on Instagram. And TikTok, we are California Haunts, all lowercase. Uh, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And you see that little ticker running along the bottom. And that's because California Haunts it kind of works as a nonprofit, even though we aren't a status nonprofit. But uh, I own the company. So what happens is... If something blows up, like a microphone blows up, if a computer blows up, if the lighting blows up, or even equipment we use out in the field uh, blow up or something breaks, it comes out of my pocket. So uh, I, you know, I always need extra cash for that kind of thing to do that. And I don't, and I work as a freelance uh, journalist now. So if you could help me out a little bit, that'd be great. Plus, you know, the expenses to run the show and everything, and keep these, and keep guests like Marin coming on. I really appreciate the help, and believe me, it's much needed. Anyway, I want to thank you guys for coming on. You can do that at paypal.me at California Haunts or Venmo and uh, just type in California Haunts and we're there. Okay? Anyway, I want you guys to have a good evening. I will see you tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Have a great one. And here is the information. Website, marimuta.com. And the book is Inside... Past Life Connections. And the other book is the Book of Buried Letters. The book's available at Amazon and also on her website. And uh, like I said, her other books that she's written about chocolate and all that kind of thing are on her website. So if you want to check those out. Anyway, I will see you guys tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Have a good evening. <laughs>